Hola y cómo están mis amigos? Bienvenidos a The Dilf Show. I'm just messing with you. A little bit of Spanish. Uh, I took a lot of Spanish back in high school. Welcome back, everybody. It's Andy here, aka The Dilf. Um, thank you for coming back to the next rendition of The Dilf Show. Um, oh my goodness, is that is that really what I look like? Yuck! I need to shave. If you're watching on the YouTube version of this, I I don't look good. Tell you that much. Such as dad life. We've got the dad hair going. Got this scruffy beard. It's um, I just turned on the Zoom and it's quite appalling. <laughs> but we persevere and we uh, we make do with what we got. So thank God Julia married me. So we are going to dive in. I've got an unpopular opinion for everyone today, and um, hopefully it's going to just lead to some discussion and lead to some banter. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this particular opinion. Keep in mind, it is an opinion. You know, we're just, um, we're just shooting from the hip most weeks. And, um, you know, this one, this is one that I wrote down in my phone a long time ago. And I think it was when we were traveling in Lake Arrowhead and we went to a restaurant and we, you know, Arlo was being difficult to control and he loves running all over the place. And he's not a kid who's just going to sit there quietly at the dinner table and just, you know, let the parents eat, you know, do his thing, eat his food when it comes out and just smile and be happy about it. When we get there, he wants to see all the different things, everything that's going on in the restaurant. We like to joke that He's going to run for mayor and he's just obtaining votes because he'll walk up to people's tables, just be, hi, hello, how you doing? High five. And he go, he's been doing that since, you know, since he could walk pretty much. And we started taking him to restaurants. So when we went to this particular restaurant in Lake Arrowhead, we noticed that there was maybe a 10 month old, you know, give or take a month that the parents got there. You could tell that they were visibly flustered and Arlo's running all over the place. So, you know, we, we take turns in terms of when Julia sits down to eat and then we'll switch and I'll sit down to eat or vice versa. But this particular group, they literally just, they got there with their 10 month old and they just, without the, you know, much prompting or anything really going on, they just took out a tablet and just plopped it right in front of the kid. and. Then the kid was just gone and in a daze and, um, you know, in zombie mode. And I talked about this on a previous episode where, you know, we'll, we'll use that as a silver bullet. And, you know, when Arlo comes back from daycare, we'll let him watch and like this, one of these toy story shorts, or we'll let him watch a couple things. And if it's the weekend, you know, we'll all sit down and watch something. We really try to avoid that at all costs. We'll ask him if he wants to paint, if he wants to race around the house, if he wants to, it's been tough outside here because there's been so much snow and it's cold and windy. Um, so going outside for walks, if we, you know, if the weather permits, but one thing we don't do is just plop the, the screen in front of him to shut him up. And my unpopular opinion is that I believe a cell phone is more for our benefit than for educating our children. And I think that it's leading to a massive gulf and disconnect, 
not only between parents and their children, but also between kids and other kids. Because what we are teaching them with our day and age is that it's okay to connect virtually first and foremost. That's your primary source of interaction. And that's okay. You know, when, when kids get cell phones and they're not even 10, when, um, you know, there it's permissible and allowable to consume tons and tons and hours and hours of YouTube videos, you know, that is, that's kind of just become the standard. And I, I think back to my teen years on this particular topic and I'm like, yeah, I played tons of video games, but I was always playing with someone down the street. I was always kind of playing with a friend. Um, and, and, you know, we were laughing and enjoying those times together. It was pretty rare that I didn't have either my sister or a friend or a group of friends to, to do that with. And I do feel very fortunate in that regard. And you could say, well, video games are, you know, just a, just a substitute for your phones. And I disagree. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into some of that here in just a little bit, but, you know, in today's day and age, our lives and everything we do are quantified, cataloged, retargeted, and that is now starting with our children. I mean, if you if you let a three year old watch YouTube videos, they're getting marketed to, uh, you know, unless you're paying for premium, they're getting marketed to every single time there's a break in the action. And in our day and age, it's more difficult than ever to find true moments of, you know, genuine interaction or inspiration or thoughtful and meaningful interpersonal expressions, whether good or bad, or, you know, with our kids, whether it's, you know, violent or, you know, kind and gen and not genuine again, and grateful and sharing and all that good stuff. It, those moments seem to be more and more fleeting. And I think it's our reliance on our technology. And, you know, I say this, I've got my cell phone pulled up right now with my notes. I, I fully understand that the addiction is real. And, you know, Julia has told me multiple times, Arlo has told me multiple times, get off your phone, get off your phone. It's a conscious effort that we have to make as parents to be present with our children and with our families mentally to put our phones away. It's now becoming a muscle that we have to flex constantly and consistently, just like you're going to the gym. All right put my phone away, put it down, put it on, do not disturb. And the more we try to refute that, the more we try to say, oh no, it, you know, it's fine. Just go ahead and check your stats on your screen time. It'll blow your mind. It's like, wait, I'm not on my phone that much. Well, you actually are because your phone says so, and it's really never wrong. Right. And, um, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to just plopping your kid in front of a tablet, I you know, that's, that's for us to get some respite, to get some calm and some quiet, but we're using it to just shut them up. You know, there are educational materials and as kids start, you know, you know, manipulating and moving the screen and, you know, there are learning mechanisms and wonderful apps and tools that you can use for your phone, but we're not using it for that. For the most part, we're turning on Cocoa Melon. We're turning on a movie. We're turning on, um, What's, what's the other one that just popped up? That's great. A uh, bluey, bluey is so cool. 
by the way, I'm thoroughly entertained by Bluey. We're turning those things on so that, you know, we can get, you know, we don't want to alienate the people around us in a restaurant or in a, in a social setting. Um, or we just want to get 15 un, like uninterrupted minutes to be able to talk to your partner. Right. And the thing that we have to realize that's more pervasive, a kid's not going to verbalize this to you is that interaction and instant gratification is always at your fingertips. If you complain enough, if you cry loud enough, if you fuss long enough, Arlo has been getting under my skin recently. I told Julia this just the other night. He's just, he is pushing all the right buttons. He's stalling perfectly at bedtime to go to daycare. Um, he is just doing all these things, but I never just default to plopping a phone in front of him. And one of the things that he does is he asks to watch videos of himself on our phones and he calls it race. Um, I think it used to be called slide, but now it's divulged into race. He says race, phone, race, phone. And that means he wants to watch a video of himself on his phone. Now, don't get me wrong. A buddy of mine always says, you, you can't love anyone else until you learn to love yourself. And we'll show him, you know, these little 30 to 60 second clips. And, you know, he'll 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 be able to watch himself in, in those moments. But it still feels kind of like I don't want to just keep putting the phone in front of him to alleviate his concerns. And, you know, we always lean on trying to teach them coping skills and to teach them ways to better interact with people. And there's a certain age where those things start to click, but just because they don't understand it right now, doesn't mean you shouldn't be trying to do it at all turns just to reinforce the habit for when they do begin to really understand those high level concepts. And I was talking talking with Arlo and I was asking him why, you know, why do you want to watch the race on your phone? And I'm just like, he's not going to get this at this point. Well, you know what? It, I'm dealing with still a largely irrational being. And, you know, he he's still acting off of instinct. He's acting off of routine and the things that he knows and loves. And so I I try my best to make sure that at those turns I'm, I'm talking him through and trying to get him to understand reasoning as best as I can, knowing that this is not something that's going to sink in right away, but just, you know, without having that dialogue and without having, you know, other outlets to channel his attention, um, you know, it can be really easy to just settle into that, to just say, okay, like, let's, let's put on a movie, let's put on a TV show, let's throw my phone in front of you, watch all the, watch all the races, quote unquote, that you want on, on the phone. And um, I believe that that would just, you know, crush certain things down the road. And it's, it might be an overarching and kind of a sweeping statement to say that, but you're really taking their pulse away from an adventurous spirit, just going out and exploring and feeling and touching things. You know, Arlo's really gotten into jumping into puddles recently. Absolutely. Go for it. Jump in all the puddles you can. Next time, honey, try to make sure that it's more than 20 degrees outside. That'd be great. But jumping in puddles and just, you know, exploring outside, um, 
that curiosity, you know, touching paints rather than just using a paintbrush, um, socialization skills, which I'll get to you in terms of team activities and sports and, um, and, and group, group events and things like that. Um, taking the pulse away from helping them learn to develop patience. One of the coolest moments that Arlo and I had just a few weeks ago was he was just going off the rails and he is crying and yelling and he's almost kind of hyperventilating. And I tried my best to be the calm in his storm. Remember, we always have to combat their craziness with equal or more calmness. You are their calm in their storm. They're going to they're going to channel and reflect and emulate anything that you're, you know, you're reciprocating. So if you start acting up and just freaking out, they're going to that's going to reflect in their behavior. But in this particular moment, I took a deep breath and I just started and con- continued to take deep breaths and Arlo all of a sudden started to see me do that and he slowed down a little bit. His crying slowed down. And I just said, Arlo, take a deep breath. Let's, let's try to catch ourselves here. And after 15, 20 seconds, he, he looked at me and he said, Arlo breath. And he took a little short, deep breath. And all of a sudden, I'm not saying that that works every single time, but it worked in this moment and it was so wonderful. We were making eye contact with each other. And it was such a powerful moment together to forge that understanding of patience and how to how to catch yourself when you yourself are going off the rails. And also how to verbally and non-verbally communicate. You know, we're interacting with one another in that moment. And I'm trying to understand what is sending him, you know, over the edge. And so I'm asking him questions and I'm trying to, at every turn, ask him to vocalize, Arlo, use your words. How, you know, you know, what led to this? What, what is it? And there are times when it's 9 PM at night and they, they've just, they're overtired and they're off the rails. It's, it's not a time for bargaining. You just got to, you know, duck and cover, so to speak, just put on your helmet and just hope you don't catch a, you know, catch a right hook in the face or catch a kick in the groin. But um when there are these teachable moments, I think that it's so great to be able to make that eye contact and be able to have those genuine moments where we're learning from one another rather than just, oh, hey, buddy, do you want me to put on Toy Story again to calm you down? Because I know it's going to work. And so we lean on that because so many of us, we don't know any better. And I'm 37 now. Whoa, that's weird to say out loud. I'm 37 now. And, um, sorry, that just kind of, just kind of threw me off. My, my birthday was last month and I don't think I've actually vocalized that. Um, anywho, I'm 37 now and for better or worse, I, I grew up with all of, through all of high school at the very least with a phone, probably the tail end of middle school. We had those Nokia phones with kick, kick ringtone, uh, snake, snake one and snake two. Um, those were the good old days, man. I wish phones were still like that. A text message was, nobody even knew how to utilize the text function at that point. Everyone would use it to call their parents to pick them up after, you know, a night out at the movies or trying to hit water balloons, um, at oncoming traffic, um, or 
going to a party where you awkwardly spoke to people for, you know, 15 minutes before you wondered whether or not they liked you. Those were the days. Um, but in, you know, in using that phone and in having it be part of my life and part of my upbringing, upbringing, I've grown to understand the the capacities and the functionalities. And I've, like I said, I've fully grown to understand the addiction and understand that like we need to a certain degree, we need these phones in our lives, but, um, that doesn't have to be the default setting for our children. And you look at all the statistics in terms of happiness and you look at depression rates, you look at everything just kind of creeping, 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 and in some cases going through the roof and you got to wonder and look back what's really changed. It's like, well, we have limitless information at our fingertips and the ability to accomplish anything that we need to do in terms of instant gratification in real time. And so if that's what we're instilling in our children, in our kiddos, that's just going to continue to perpetuate. And we can't be mad when we think that kids have attention deficit because we're the ones promoting it. We're the ones showing them the way to split your attention between, you know, 50 different things at one time. And it's hard. It's hard to stomach um, when you really look at it from that perspective. So, um, you know, how do we combat this? Well, first things first, I look back to my, my team events and my sports background as invaluable to my, my social development, um, understanding social cues, learning life lessons. Um, what else I got here? Problem diffusion, understanding of someone's personal space. I really learned all these things when I was participating in team activities and around a lot of people who were engaged in completing a common goal, whether that was through sports, whether that was through, you know, study and tutor sessions, whether that was through, I don't know, um, gymnastics. I, I don't know. That's a sport too, but, um, I, I have a sports background, so it, it's hard for me to get off of that. And so you, you, we have to be willing to let our kids interact. And we have Arlo en enlisted in this class uh, called soccer shots. And I'd say if a hundred percent is the max that you can participate in the actual soccer events so far, he's participated about 39% of the time. There's always a jungle gym or there's always toys or there's always a, something else distracting him, but we still take him to those events to interact with the other children. There are moments of genuine happiness and, you know, learning about sharing and learning about teamwork, um, passing ball, things like that, that are so crucial at these early stages that, um, you know, now we are looking to enroll him in gymnastics so he can shake his sillies out and just kind of run around, so to speak. Um, we, we want to continue his learning on the team side of things because, you know, our, our social, it's our social responsibility to provide him with those opportunities, especially being born in the heart of COVID in August, 2020. But, you know, I don't want him to miss out on those kind of fundamental opportunities and see how he evolves it in his own way. Um, you know, if we're okay with, the next generation of children just interacting virtually and, you know, losing the heart of what it means to be human, which is we need other people and validation and, you know, banter and 
criticism and all these different things that we get, we need that stuff to survive. And if we just want everyone to be in a hole and just kind of do their own thing with either themselves alone or, you know, with just a very limited group of people, we have to be okay with that's, that's the pace that we're setting. Right. So it's kind of the, the world is, and people are constantly evolving, but you have to learn from the past in order to make it better future. Right. And if we, it feels like if we just keep going down this road of shoveling kids in front of our, you know, in front of our, in front of a screen to shut them up, what's that going to look like when they're eight, nine, 10, 13, 15, 16, 21, and they're trying to then learn how to interact, man, that's, that's really scary to think about. So, you know, my point is this, whether or not you just use you know, and use social media or not social media, use your phone to your advantage. Social media is probably a whole other different bag of worms for another podcast episode. I could sit here and, and talk about, you know, the, the positive and negative effect of social media, which you could probably see somewhere else on a, on a YouTube video or in some other article for someone who's mastering in it on at some prestigious college. But, um, you know, when it comes to the use of screens, I strongly encourage each and every one of you to evaluate your own screen time and set a pace before it just overtakes you. And then all of a sudden you're in a routine that you can't kick because you're too, you're too embedded in it. And um, then it becomes more and more difficult to get away from that particular habit. Um, and if you set the pace and you understand with your partner exactly what your goals are for, you know, movies, TV, screen time, it's not going to throw you off when all of a sudden, let's say just one day they just look at a TV or phone screen for four straight hours. And it's like, how did we get here? What just happened? We can't even pull them away from this without them screaming. That's, you know, that's on us. That is on us as their parents to, you know, set the pace and tempo and expectation for how much consumption is acceptable. So I do believe that these could lead to more pervasive problems down the road if um, if they go unchecked. And that's really all I'm trying to say here is just be cognizant of it because we can't be mad at our children when that's all they know. That wasn't bad. That actually, that actually kind of worked. Um, okay. So um, before I before I close up shop here, just wanted to share. I was diving into the uh, the personal archives of stuff, and I uh, might do this little segment every single time now called Story Time, where I just share a fun anecdote or a story from you know either Arlo or from something else that I heard or something like that. This one is particularly related to Arlo, and I hope this embarrasses the hell out of him down the road. But we are now in the throes of trying to get Arlo to potty train and. Once it's successful, I'll try to share with you any trade secrets. But so far, we've been traveling so much, and you know, Julia's in the in the heart of her schedule, and we've got baby number two coming. It's been very difficult to set aside dedicated time to accomplish it. But it reminded me of a story that we love, where we um, we're getting ready for bath time, and Arlo was um, not in a diaper; he was just running around naked, and we saw that he was kind of hunched over like he wanted to pee. And and this was, I don't know, we were still living in Vegas at that point. So he was only 14 months or so, something like that. 
14, 15 is my guess. And we're like, Arlo, do you want to use the potty? Do you want to go to the toilet? And he, he was just like, he's like, okay. But then he just starts peeing, right? Just goes pee right on the carpet in front of him. And we're like, oh, okay. You know, that's, that's going to happen. But then all of a sudden we're like, wait, what, what the hell else is that? What's going on? He's just shitting behind it. <laughs> and we're like, oh my God, we're just, we're trying to point at it. I'm, I'm like, Julia, like the pee, the pee. And then finally, the only thing I could mutter out is he's duking. He's duking. I didn't say he's taking a dookie. I, I don't know why I use the word duke. Um, I remember our old buddies at Agora, we always used to word, use the word dookie. And, you know, we listened to Green Day back in the day and all that stuff. I don't know why, but dookie and duking felt like the right word at that moment. And all of a sudden he just starts running away and I'm trying to, ch- I'm chasing after him and there's just more little poop pellets falling out of his, out of his butt. I'm like, it's still going, it's still going. And we just try to chase him down. He's just laughing hysterically because I'm chasing him. That's all he recognizes, not the relief of his, you know, bodily functions. And I think that's just part of, you know, the, the dark underbelly of what you go through as a parent. You all have these stories that are specific to you and your kiddo. And it's so funny. And all we could do was laugh about it. You know, there's, it's not, what can you do at that point? We're, we're going to the bath or yeah, we're going to bath time. We're going to clean them up anyways. The floor will get clean one way or another, but that was a fun one. I just remember he's juking. And it was, oh man, it was hilarious to watch his reaction to it because he was kind of like scared, excited about how, oh my God, how crazy we reacted to what he was doing. So that was a fun one. Um, any fun potty stories that you want to share with me or any feedback on my unpopular opinion about our cell phones being more for us to gain respite and escape our children rather than use it as a benefit to their development. Let me know your thoughts, your questions, your concerns, queries, anything. Um, Instagram, leave a comment, you know, fault, drop, what is it? Slide into my DMs. You could do that. Um, the Dilf show at gmail.com up and running. Feel free to leave any post anywhere on the YouTube page. I'm happy to respond to it. And I'm always checking out for, you know, new content, new fodder and new ways to look at, you know, the same issue. Um, just remember that, you know, just because we think differently doesn't mean that we hate each other. It just means we think differently. And then we go about our lives and we be friends from there on out. So let me know your comments, your questions, always listening. Anything is pretty much at the Dilf show. So that's all I got for you today. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for continuing to listen. You are amazing. Drop a review, drop a heart somewhere, helps propel the uh, the algorithm and keep extending the reach of the show. But um, if, you got, if you got a dookie story, I especially want to hear those. I love you. And there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. Thank you so much for listening. Go have a great one.